8 o'clock Thursday night. We're live from Studio 2 at our Penthouse Weeks. Welcome to it on a wet Thursday night. And Express this week. Thanks into the legendary Ian James for the last couple of hours. Oh, what a... Hey, I tell you what. Where's Miles Henson when you need him? <laughs> hey, Miles is back with us next week with more 70s uh, from 6 soon to 8. But uh, thanks to Ian James for keeping the old seat warm as usual here on a Thursday night. But for now, on to 9 o'clock, we'll look back to what's been going on uh, locally across the area for the last seven days. Well, I would tell you what, uh, who's on the show tonight. <laughs> Thank you to my guests who are picking up the diary. Oh, it's all, it's all going well here tonight. It's like a, like a rush to get into the studio this year. Yes. On the show tonight, uh, in about uh, about ten minutes or so, thereabouts, uh, we'll be chatting to Kimberly Barrett. Now, Kimberly is to uh, is a, Le- a lead campaigner, okay, lead campaigner uh, for Keep Milton Green. You might have seen this in the local press in the last seven days, but we'll be chatting to Kimberly about that and uh, the open tree policy here in Portsmouth. And uh, Kimberly will explain all. Uh, Lacey with us just after ten past eight tonight. And our profile guest tonight, great to have her with us. First time here on the show, Helen Somerset Howe from the Rainbow Centre in Fairham. Lots to talk about. Going to need your help as well. So pin back your lug holes. Helen's with us, plus two of her songs as well for chat just after 20 past eight tonight. So action-packed programme for you here on this week's Express This Week. 93.7 Express FM. <laughs> Great to hear that again in Donkey's years. Youth Mix. Um, no, it's not that one, is it? No, it's uh, baby. It's all right. Baby's coming back. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know what's going on this show. I think uh, eleven minutes past eight. Thursday night here, August the eighth, two thousand nineteen. Thanks for coming. It's Chris here for now to nine tonight. As I say, if you want to get in touch with the show? You can do that as always. Uh, HTDEXPRESSFM.com. Even to Big Kev, he's in Gosport tonight. Tuned in. Thanks for your company as always. Uh, Dave's online with us at ExpressFM.com, and uh, Jerry's in Fairham tonight as well. Thank you uh, for tuning in wherever it happened to be. Across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire tonight. Yeah, we're live here from Studio 2 tonight. As always, here to 9 o'clock this evening. Thanks for your company. And the week's news and views too, and uh, making headlines uh, this week, certainly the last couple of days or so, uh, and certainly tonight, is about the open tree policy as far as Portsmouth is concerned, and uh, one of the areas which is sort of highlighting this uh, is the Milton area of the city, and uh, the lead campaigner for Keep Milton Green is Kimberly Barrett, and she's on the line with us now. Kimberly, good evening to you. Good evening to you too. How are you, all right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Yeah, what's going on with the weather then? Is that your fault, Kimberly? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's not nice at the moment. It's, it's not, is it? No. No, it's no. the sun can't forget their sake. It's all gone wrong. Never mind. <laughs> you know why? Because the kids are off school. You see, it always happens. Yeah, it's always, always the way, isn't it? Isn't it always? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, tell us about um, the, the tree policy, the open tree policy, because this is something uh, that has been sort of campaigned for in the Milton area, because it, there's quite a lot of greenery around there, isn't there, to be fair? Yeah, it is. Um, 
to be honest, I'm so pleased that this is happening now. It's something that we in Milton, um, through Keep Milton Green, something myself that I've been asking for for quite some time. Um, as you said, we're quite a green area. We've got Brownsbury Park, Milton Park, the Common, um, as well as St James's. So we've got quite a lot of greenery that we want to protect, ideally. And trees in our area are a very big thing and a, a cause for concern when people think that they may be failed because they're healthy. It's, it's bizarre, isn't it, to think that, um, you know, if the, if, the, if the tree's healthy, we'll just chop it down anyway. It doesn't uh, yeah. quite make sense, does it? No, I mean, um, it's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, they do get old like we do and they do die or they do get diseases. Yeah. But unfortunately, in our area, we have found in the past that developers um, find that the trees are inconveniently in their way when they're building and they will have to go. And... Um, in a time that we're in at the moment where we've got air quality issues in Portsmouth, um, the trees across the city as well as in Milton are ideal for that reason. And I didn't realise until recently that um, a recent study um, in the US said that in regards to air pollution, um, it was reported that the average reduction of particulate matter near a tree could be between 7 and 24%. So we really want to keep these trees, and if not, keep them actually get more in the area so we're doing all we can in milton to protect them but also inform the residents if a tree does come up for felling or at a planning committee so we can find out the reason why and then if we feel the need to we can then go and speak about it as well and inform keep residents informed the whole time so yourselves and all the team there are very passionate about this Oh, yeah, definitely. We we always joke that if a tree falls in Milton, everybody hears about it. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think that just shows how passionate people are. Um, I think one of the developers um, previously put in an application to fell 50 trees in St. James's, and we had a huge petition that we submitted to the council through the planning stages, and uh, the protest was so much so that they actually withdrew the application and all the trees stayed. So we have a really strong community that, feel, that do feel very passionately about this and they want to keep their green spaces. So we will definitely fight to keep as many healthy trees as possible in the area and, and further afield as well. It's uh, not just for Milton, this policy is for the whole city, which is very welcome because other areas are very aware and now starting to speak up as well. Yeah, and you've had great support from, from, from the local council too, a couple of the councillors, yeah? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I've been working with the councillors um, across the board, across the city, um, since I started up this campaign. My local ward councillors have been fantastic, um, Ben Dowling, Will Purvis, and our council leader, Gerald Vernon-Jackson, as well as other uh, councillors from other parties as well. It's been really good because I can't, uh, I can't see why anyone wouldn't be behind it. And people have been very supportive across the board. And this would not have happened without my three ward councillors, as well as Councillor Steve Pitt, who's in charge of culture and leisure for the city. He's been there the whole time, very happy to listen. And he's even attended when um, people have been concerned about trees being um, maintain maintained sorry, and making sure that, you know, everything's um, where it should be and 
what's happening is happening for the right reasons. He's actually come down and spoken to people. So I really do appreciate that. And I am really pleased that this policy is now being introduced so that everyone will be aware of the reasons why uh, maintenance or spelling has to happen. Um, and it gives people the chance to find out and have their voice as well. And that's a great sort of communication tool, isn't it? It's sort of, you're sort of the in-between uh, from the residents to, to the local council. So that's quite, quite, a, quite a unique thing, really. You don't hear much of that these days. No, and I mean, I, I, I get when people say to me that they, they don't have a lot of faith in politicians yeah. because they think they do what they want to and just railroad something through. But um, to be honest, this has been really welcome and it builds, starts to build up trust um, for the council and the residents as a whole together. We can now trust each other and the fact that the councillors are actually coming and talking to the members of the public and working with several of the community groups in Milton to make sure that as soon as they hear about any kind of selling or maintenance, they feed that back to all the community groups so we can pass it out to our residents. That is a huge step forward and a really welcome step as well. Okay, and if people want to find out more about the campaign itself, because I imagine there's an on the campaign continues. It's ongoing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, it started five years ago, and yeah. it'll carry on until well, hopefully forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just so pleased that people are really passionate in this area about their green spaces, about. Uh, you know, they want to express their worries about overdevelopment, about the lack of infrastructure, um, about the sewage going out into Langston Harbour, but also about the mass development of several different sites in our area, mm. which will increase the population quite greatly in our area. We don't want to lose that village feel that we have here. We understand things have to continue and grow, but the current infrastructure and other things and the residents' needs that are here already need to be looked at so we will continue to fight for them and i welcome anyone to come and join our facebook group it's just keep milton green um and hopefully it will spread across the city and more residents will have a voice across the city as well yeah yeah uh, is portsmouth doing enough to well, it's like going off on a tangent here but same sort of <laughs> environment type thing do you yeah. think portsmouth's doing enough you know to 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 help with this carbon footprint as we're, we're talking about so much at the moment um, I think in the past not so much, but mm. now I think people are much more aware, so the pressure is there. And yeah. the fact that we have, uh, we're having food waste bin trials going out across the city, which I've found out about. Uh, the fact that the air quality, we've now got a cabinet member in the council just for um, uh, climate emergency. Um, the fact that, you know, we're constantly talking about the air quality in the city and other green projects like the recycling. I think that's fantastic. Um, it has to be talked about because it is a huge issue, not just in Portsmouth, but across the country, uh, well, across the world, really. And it's fantastic that people are getting more involved. Um, there's a wonderful group on Facebook called Zero Waste Portsmouth, and they help people deal with um, how to recycle their plastics or their um, broken items. And there's also a repair that runs in Portsmouth where you can take your items that are broken but could be fixed so you don't have this huge amount of waste that you can actually recycle your goods and carry on using instead of just buying and buying. So we have these fantastic groups across Portsmouth that are starting up and the fact that everyone is so aware about you know, recycling and green issues, I think it's a huge step forward, not just for residents but also for the council to be looking at these issues as well. 
Okay. Just to recap again then, Kimberly, if people want to find out more information about the campaign uh, and how yep. to get involved with the group itself, it's all on Facebook, is it? It is, yep. Just search Keep Milton Green on Facebook um, and ask to join the group and um, all the information's on there and people can contact me via that as well. So if anyone's got any issues, green issues, or they want to find out more about the group or what we're doing, or even if you're out of the area, we still, you know, we're happy to talk to other areas. We've been liaising with other areas as well to help them set up groups. So everyone is more than welcome and hopefully we can get the ball rolling in other areas as well. Fantastic. Well, look, Kimberly, uh, there's there's plenty more I reckon we can talk about, you know. Yeah. All about trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we should get you in one Thursday night. Come in and be a studio guest with us and have a chat. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you. I'd love that. All right. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll sort that out and uh, we'll get you in one Thursday night and we'll have a proper old chinwag and we can talk trees, you know, uh, for, for the evening or so. Okay. And nice, uh, we'll find brilliant. out more about that. So we'll be in touch. We'll sort that out. But, uh, but for now, Kimberly, thanks for coming on tonight. Good to talk to you. Okay. That's yeah, thank you so much for letting me on. Pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, Kimberly. Take care. Bye. Kimberly Bout there from the, uh, the Milton, Keep Milton Green uh, campaign group. You can find out more information about that. Go on to Facebook. All the details are there of how to get involved. That is a nice song. Quite apt, I think. Louis Armstrong. I see trees of green. Oh, classic of all time, I reckon. 8.24 the time here at Express. 93.7 FM online. We're on DAB as well, while well, across Portsmouth and South East Hampshire. Thanks to the company, the surgeon. Uh, Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful world. And good evening to you in Hayley Line, Emsworth, uh, right across Portsmouth, Haven't Lee Park, Waterlooville, and across the Fairmont Gospel as well. Thanks to the company tonight, as we always do. We'll look back to what's been going on for the last seven days or so, news-wise, of course. Our profile guest tonight is Helen Somerset Howe from the Rainbow Centre in Firm, and we'll talk to her in seconds here on the show tonight. This is Gloria Miller inviting you to join me every Friday at 8pm for Glow's Music for the Soul, an eclectic mix of Motown, soul, funk and more. Each week we have our regular features and occasionally a special guest joining me to discuss music for the soul. Do join me every Friday at 8pm here on Express FM, DAB and online. Express FM. Yeah, it's Thursday night. Here we are, live from Studio Two, the little, little penthouse suite here on the Thursday evening, as I say. It's 9 o'clock tonight, Express this week. This is Chris Pierce. Thanks to the company, as always. And a very good evening to our profile guest tonight from Fairham's Rainbow Centre is Helen Somerset. Helen, good evening to you. Good evening. How are you, all right? I'm well. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you with us tonight. And uh, oh, um, the Rainbow Centre of Fairham, actually, there's a lot of history going on here. And, and all will become clear as we go through because uh, it's almost 30 years ago since it started. Tell us how it all began. <laughs> uh, well, I had twins very prematurely yeah. and uh, at 28 weeks. So uh, my daughter was 
perfectly fine, but my son suffered the illness of prematurity, which is cerebral palsy, which is really lack of oxygen to the brain. His lungs weren't really developed well enough to be able to deal with breathing. And did you know much about it at that time? Nothing. Mm. Nothing at all. And there was very little help out there, and in fact, we weren't even told it was cerebral palsy. Uh, it was there was no counselling. It was it was a harsh old world, and we we had to do a lot of finding out for ourselves. And and we're talking before internet, of course. Oh, absolutely, yes. It was all books and libraries. Yeah. <laughs> and the midwives were uh, informative, and the nursing staff, and so on. But but at the end of the day, we had to find out everything ourselves. And, uh, well, it's just a huge learning curve. You have no idea what the future holds. And everyone's a bit negative uh, of the medical profession. They're, they're so afraid to give you hope when it, it could come back and, uh, and, and become a court case for them if, if somebody chose. So they're very, very negative And, you know, you have to wait and see and see what will happen and so on. But we were, we were told, well, he... He'll probably never walk, he'll never kick a football, he'll never run. Um, and, and that was a very negative attitude. It must have been soul-destroying for you at that point. Well, it's quite a blow, yes. Yeah. It was. But, uh, but we were determined that we would do the best we could for him. Yeah. Uh, and, and then we heard about a special sort of treatment that was in Hungary. And that was, at that time, behind the Iron Curtain. Wow. Um, so we went there. <laughs> and took him there. Yeah. Uh, and we had two other children as well, so it was it was quite a mammoth task uh, to do that. And you never looked back, really, from that point, did you? No, no, we didn't. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride, to be honest. Um, but it was it was wonderful. I, mean, I wouldn't be sitting here now if the Berlin Wall hadn't come down. That was the, the so that was the turning that point. That was the catalyst. Yeah. Yes, really was for the turning point. Happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and from that, it, the wall came down. The curtain was lifted, uh, and uh, that meant that the staff who were in this particular institute yeah. called the Peto Institute in Budapest um, were able to have their passports for the first time. They were able to travel freely, uh, and so there were three teachers in this institute who were looking to go elsewhere, to Australia, actually. And uh, we, with some other parents, we persuaded them to come to the UK instead. And so we pledged to mortgage our homes to pay wow. them if we couldn't raise the money yeah. uh, to pay them. Uh, so it started off in, in my sitting room. As these things do. <laughs> As they do. <laughs> and then we moved to um, a gymnasium in Cold East Hospital. And from there we went to... Uh, Which is the other side of the fair, isn't it? Called yes, these, yes, those it is, don't in, know. Yeah. in Parkgate. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then we went into the centre of Fairham, where mm. the new Tesco's... Well, it's not new anymore. Probably about... Um, Newish. 13-ish years old now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were there above a carpet shop for a while, until the water started pouring through the roof. And then I realised that we had to find ourselves a permanent home because there were more and more people coming to us for help for their children. And uh, so the rest is history. I learned yeah. how to raise uh, the money for a capital appeal. And we built a building with lots of help from the community and, and, and the business community as well. So you had no help whatsoever. This was literally, you know, just an idea that mm. obviously you, you'd come out from Hungary with. Yeah. Uh, you determined to do it. Uh, and 29 years on, 
It's, it, yes, we well, were in our thirtieth year now, yeah. so we we had no idea whether it, this would just be something that would be a flash in the pan, mm. and three or four parents would be interested in in putting their children through this system of learning, uh, and then it would all fizzle out, and and so that's why we we stayed in temporary accommodation until it was very clear that more and more people were, were seeing great results with their children. And so word of mouth brought more people. Uh, people heard about us. Even the professionals were, were saying, gosh, you know, these children are achieving things we never thought they would achieve. Uh, and that came from a paediatrician who wanted to send children to us. Um, so we then realised that we were here to stay. And here we are, nearly 30 years later. It'll be 30 years in March, so we're in our 30th year. Yeah. So you had to learn fairly quickly then. Uh, several hats, it, oh. really. <laughs> a, a business hat, a charity hat, and a, a managing hat, and all sorts of things oh, going yes. on all at the same time. I'd, but I have to say that I had a lot of help from yes. the, the, the people that, um, that came to set up with us. The, these teachers are called uh, conductors because right. they're the teachers of conductive education. Conductive okay. education is the system of learning that we brought from Hungary. Um, so it, it's a bit of a confusing title, but yeah. these, these conductors, they were very skilled. They are very skilled. Um, and these three that came over, they, they gave us the, the information that we needed. They became professional, or they were professional, and they made us professional. We had to talk to people like head teachers of schools. We had to talk to medical profession, the medical profession. Uh, we had to talk to health visitors. We had to talk to an organisation called Portage, which some people out there might know about and others may not. Uh, we had to talk to the education authorities. It was a huge learning curve for us. Health and safety we had to mm. do, disability, all these disability legislation we had to be aware of. It was huge, huge. Did you at that point then think, what have I taken on? Was there any sort of, at that point, you know, when you were setting up the Rainbow Centre, you think, what have I taken on? Have I bitten off more than now I can chew? No, it was a, it was a bit of a roller coaster, and yeah. so you, you had to take each day as it came, and it was really, we were really enthusiastic about it and passionate about what we were doing because the children were were changing. We were changing lives. We were changing families' hopes and aspirations for their children. And so every day was exciting and, and it was, this is a ridiculous thing to say, but it was easy to raise money in those days because there weren't so many charities around. We were new, we were innovative, we were a parent support group and people wanted to help us. Uh, there were there were some big charities around, but you didn't have all the, the plethora of, of charities that we we have now. Everyone's vying for the same pot of money now, and it's so much harder to raise money. And of course, we've got more people that c are coming to us, more families we're supporting, so we need more staff to support them. We need more admin staff and fundraisers to raise more money to support the network that we're, we're trying to yes. put together um and and so it's harder to raise all the money yeah and it's so needed too and that just goes to show how needed uh, an organization such as yours the rainbow center there in firm 
uh, is needed throughout the area. Well, absolutely, because now we're working with adults as well. Yes. Um, we deal with all sorts of neurological difficulties. So you've expanded it, We have. In the service that you provide? Yes. Yeah. So we're helping stroke survivors, people with MS, Parkinson's, and head, head injury as well. Wow. So th- there's a huge amount of, of, of help we can give. So we want more staff, we want therefore more money to pay these staff they're professional people they have mortgages to pay they have cars to run food to buy so we they're not going to do this for free uh they're expensive people yeah uh but they're providing the most fantastic service to the families that come to us and it's if you could just read some of the testimonials that come through from these people you know they say we're a lifeline what would we do without you you gave us hope when there was none all of these things it's just phenomenal to hear yeah the organization has been on a bit of a roller coaster certainly the last few years or so i guess there was so at some point you thought do you know what i'm gonna put my feet up i'm gonna relax i'm gonna <laughs> hand over and uh, and just you know i've done my bit and uh, you know seen it progress and that sort of thing um but you're now back amongst the fold i am yes uh, and i just wish it was under different circumstances but i'm really quite enjoying being back in with the family uh, and it is a rainbow family we we bring the the families we help in and they always say that they feel it it's a warm inclusive place to be with lots of love and affection for the children and help and support it's a it's a really lovely place to be that's all down to you, so you should be very proud of yourself because it is such a you know a warm. No, it's it gives da- you it's warm down glow. to everyone that works there to, yeah. to generate all of that warmth and 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 affection for people. You must get a warm glow when you get. In. I do. This is nice, nice, warm and cuddly sort of type, you know, uh, scenario, which is nice. And um, you know, it goes to without saying, you've had nice testimonies and things like that. You know, you're doing a fantastic job there, and all the staff there, so bless them uh, for for doing what they do. Uh, And that's the thing, because as you mentioned, the highlighted sort of earlier, and we've had um, uh, many organisations here on this programme over the years who said exactly the same thing, you're chasing the same pot of money, and it's getting more and more harder. Uh, And and I guess trying to come up with all sorts of different fundraising events, it's tough, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and, And people get charity fatigue, you know, it's... They've, they've only got a small amount of money or a defined amount of disposable income yeah. that they, they want to give to charity. Uh, they're now looking for things that they can do so that they get enjoyment from it to be able to give the money. So we have to be quite innovative in the things that we're thinking about doing. Um, and one of our, our main attractions every year is, is a Burns Night. It's grown and grown and grown over the years. Um, unfortunately, we used to do it in Fernham Hall. Yes. And uh, that's in the middle of Fairham. And that we could sell 200 tickets and fill the place. Unfortunately, it's going through a refurbishment at the moment and we can't find anywhere else that's... Well, we, we think we have felt, found somewhere now, but it's, it's slightly smaller. Uh, so we're hoping that, again, people will bear with us and, and realise that it's, it's only temporary until we can go back to our uh, uh, Fernham Hall where it's uh, going to be beautiful and refurbished and so on. But, but that's the demonstration that it's something that people will go and enjoy they'll have an evening out they'll really enjoy themselves they'll have a, a bit of a dance with the uh, the scottish dancing and then there's old lang syne at the end and all of that sort of thing and the ode to the to the haggis is we, we do it all properly and it's a really really good evening but people want something back that they're going to enjoy mm. they're not just going to give money 
and we've got some charity shops and so people come in and they buy the things in the charity shops and and they i think provide a really good community service yeah cause we, because i've had all sorts of uh, i guess in some ways the wrong publicity some yes. of the charity shops haven't they over the years but uh, but certainly for the rainbow center it's often something like that little bit niche a little bit different i suppose as well well i i think that um, we give the people who help in the charity shops i think we give them um, somewhere to go yeah somewhere to have a, a bit of a social life uh, where they feel that they're needed and gosh yes we do need them uh, we couldn't run the shops without volunteers um, we provide a service for the people who can't afford to go and buy things that are full price there are the regulars that come in just to look for a bargain yeah uh, and of course it all raises money for the charity itself so there's so many aspects of of the charity shops but i know they've got a a bit of a they're, they're going through a hard time with with the way the image yes. that, that people have of the charity shops oh not another charity shop opening the high street suffering you know with all the big names disappearing from the high street it's only the charity shops that seem to be left and more moving in yes yes so it, it helps in some way so obviously keep the buildings sort of running that mm. oh yes it? yes it does um. but we've got very little regular guaranteed income every month and that's a tough bit isn't and it? and that is the tough bit the shops provide that and we've got something called a 100 club uh that corporates and private individuals can pay into on a, a monthly um standing order and uh that gives us we know that's coming in regularly every month and apart from those two sources of income the rest of it is in the lap of the gods yeah. we have foundations and trusts uh, that we write to um, and we do events we have the support of the community you know the, the lions roundtable rotary uh, the golf clubs we couldn't exist without those um, the pubs who do quizzes for us the ladies who do coffee mornings for us the ladies who lunch you know all of that money comes in but we don't know it's coming in no it's just a complete surprise to you mm. sometimes uh, so, so you live really on week on week and thinking where's the next pot of money going to come from yes in some cases very yeah. much so yes yeah yes. yes now you're looking to you've got a, a, a big th project you're, you're doing at the moment aren't you well it's an appeal because we've found ourselves with a big black hole mm. in our in, in our income charitable giving has gone down by 30 percent over the last year and there are lots of different reasons for that but this but the actual result is that we needed a hundred thousand uh, pounds to be raised in 10 weeks well the end of that is the end of august end of that 10-week period and we still got a way to go so my appeal is to anybody who's listening who can help in in raising the smallest amount of money or gosh a large amount of money would be wonderful but if there's any source out there that anybody knows about please help me to raise the rest of that money because from september onwards it, things are looking a little bit easier but we've got to get to september and mm. we desperately need help so if you can help in any way the rainbow center in firm will give you the details very soon at the end uh how to get in touch and that kind of thing but if you can help in any way and um, fundraising or whatever then uh, we'll give you the details but uh, certainly gratefully received there at the, uh, the rainbow center in firm because not only the, it's the fundraising you obviously need the people 
to do the fundraising in terms of volunteers as well. Uh, yes, we do. We need we need volunteers in the shops. We need volunteers to come and help us in uh, in doing things like filing and some computer work and so on in the offices. For the old admin. Um, admin yeah, any admin. old admin, yes. Yeah. There's always something to photocopy or some filing to be done or just answering the phones if somebody's busy. Um, but we're also, we also have to employ fundraisers as well because they have mortgages to pay and food to put in their mouths and, and so on. So... Uh, and we have got a couple of vacancies for those as well. So um, okay. So yeah. all the details on the website are they? But uh, they will be. They will uh, be. They're out in the in the, the public domain at the moment, and okay. but we're getting them loaded up onto the website. Yes. Okay. Job so descriptions and and so on. Yes. Okay. So if you're interested, keep an eye on the uh, the Rainbow Centre website because all the details will be on there. If you fancy getting involved in that, and again, we'll give you the details at the end. So thirty grand is what we're looking at. Uh, thirty plus. Thirty plus really yeah. to, to to really to get to that target that, that we. Need. Yeah, 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 and uh, I mean the building now has been what you say is a fairly new building, but it's been there fourteen, 14 years. years. I know, it's Our amazing. Time flies, and in fact, we've got some wonderful corporates coming in to do a bit of a, a, a paint job this month. We, we we work in school terms, so at the moment right. we've got no teaching as such going on at the moment. So in come the the deep cleaners, and uh, and we've got. Um, it's Zurich who are coming in to do some painting for us and we've got another company that's coming in to do a bit of DIY for us and do some changing round for us all free of charge so that's wonderful yeah. uh, but we have to keep the building in tip-top condition obviously it's our responsibility to do that yeah, yeah. has to be a welcoming place to come yes and give you that warm glow comfy feeling yes yeah and all those lovely uh, children and uh, mm. well, it's not just children as you said earlier because you, you know as you sort of hinted there before we, we broke from music, it, it's expanding. It's it's yes. opening out, which is which is good, really, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's it's anybody with any sort of neurological problem, um, a stroke survivor, MS, Parkinson's. Was that a straightforward sort of decision for you to to make then to? Well, to the, diversify as well. The, the Petto Institute in Budapest deals with all of these conditions but because the people who set it up with me we all had children that children with cerebral palsy that needed their help so we focused initially especially when we were in very small premises on the children it was that's why it was called rainbow mm. uh, and so on so it was only when we moved into the new building and I planned that we would have extra rooms that would be able to cater for adults as well uh, so we could then start uh, delivering a service uh, to those, the adult community as well. Fantastic. And time just moves so fast, as has tonight, because we're almost out of time for this Gosh. evening. It's go quick. Absolutely goes quick. And I always does, and there's so much more we can talk about, uh, but uh, we're almost out of time. The details now, if people do want to get involved, if they can help financially if it's uh, yeah, fundraising volunteering whatever it may be uh, and even if you yeah, want to help out employment wise too there's some vacancies coming up all on the well will be on the website yeah and also if there's someone out there who needs our services please do get in touch because i guess Pete, are they signposted to you is that how it works oh no it's word of mouth really word of mouth yeah okay google it google it rainbow center at fairham and, and you'll find all the, yeah, you find all the details there. Do a search there, Rainbow Centre and Firm, uh, and find out how, obviously, uh, the Rainbow Centre can help you. Uh, or, uh, as Helen sort of mentioned tonight, about uh, fundraising, volunteering, and all the 
all the events too to get involved with uh, and uh, you know to raise money for, for much needed funds for the centre, which is uh, which is nice as well. Helen, it's been a pleasure uh, for you to come in. I appreciate you coming in uh, all the way from down the road in Chidester. So thanks tonight. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity. Pleasure. 93.7 Express FM. Thanks then to Helen Summers. How our profile guest here tonight from the firms at Rainbow Centre. Do you want to find out more information about that? Don't forget to Google it at Rainbow Centre and the firm. Find all the information how you're getting involved in that and support it too as well. That's it for this week. What a show tonight. Our jukebox of tunes is... uh, Bridge and raring to go to keep you entertained because Chad's not here this week, so I've got a couple of quid. But I think we've got, I got a quid out of Ian James earlier. We'll be all right. It's here through the night. Uh, we've got a jukebox of tunes. Uh, we'll do it all again for you next Thursday night at 8 o'clock. Have a fabulous week. Stay dry. Have a great weekend too. Take care. Night, night, night.